What's up, Neil? Hi. Uh, <laughs> hi. How are you? Good. Welcome to another episode of Don't Shit on the Bus podcast. Everybody, today our guest is Sully, and Sully is a security guard, not a security guard. He's kind of like the security guard. At least we know him from Warp Tour. He's the man. He's the boss. He did Warp Tour security. I mean, that's how we know him, and I'm pretty sure he did all the years, like all 20 years, which says a lot about him as a human being and a professional. He kind of sets the standard of what is expected as long, as far as security goes, you know? He makes sure everyone feels safe. I specifically love working with Sully just because of how good he is at his job. Yeah, and if you don't know him from Warp Tour, you might know him prior to Warp Tour. He did a lot of stuff in the hip-hop world, which is a little bit crazy back in the late 90s. And then more currently, he's done stuff for Lady Gaga, Billie Eilish, uh, and he has a company now, and they work for a bunch of different artists, both on the road and while the artists are at home. To be honest, no one should know Sully, <laughs> you know, because if you're doing all the right things, you don't meet him. If you know Sully, you're suspect. Yeah, you've been doing the wrong shit. You're going in the wrong areas. You're doing stuff you're not allowed to do, and he's going to be there to fucking stop you. Speaking of, that is kind of how I met Sully. Sully was, you know, 2008, doing my first Warped Tour. Sully was the guy that was like, hey, you're a photographer that should not be here. Please leave. But and he, <laughs> he was actually pretty nice, to be honest. <laughs> it's just kind of scary. I just imagine that happening. You're just like <laughs> taking pictures. You're like, all right, I'm just doing, you know, get my shit. He's like, this massive human being comes up behind you. You're like, holy shit scared me he's like yeah get the fuck out of here you're like all right cool sweet Bye. yeah he's got like this i think the right word is candor i don't know if that's the right word but he's got this like vibe where he's like happy and nice but at the same time he's like do what i say or else yeah he just handles business yeah and he's so good at it that it's like it's pol he can be polite but also be stern you just accept it and you're just like okay yes that's what i'm doing i'll do what that Okay, bye. <laughs> no, agreed. And doing security in this industry can mean a lot of different things. For me, as a photographer, like I mentioned, it means, you know, I talk to security when I'm going into a photo pit or when I'm working with an artist and want to know where I can't photograph maybe the artist or just to kind of, hey, if I need help, the security guard probably knows what's going on sometimes. But Neil, your experience with security is totally different. I mean, I'm crew, you're artist. What do you rely on security for? Honestly, anytime we have to go anywhere in the crowd or into an area which... Uh, can be a little bit unsafe. You you do the things that they ask of you when they ask you to do them, uh, just so that they can do their job correctly and uh, keep everyone safe. And really just, they know everything that's going down. They know all of the risk that is involved with certain areas. They make sure to mitigate that risk uh, and keep everyone safe. Everyone, the patrons and the artists and the staff, they're really, they're the backbone of the whole event. Unless you're in Russia. And then they will kill you. <laughs> what did they say in Russia when we got in trouble? They're like, don't talk to security guards. <laughs> I can't do an impression. Well, the security guard came in and Jeremy was like standing on a couch and the security guard came in. And he goes, get down. And we're like, there's no windows in this room. How does he know that he's up there? Yeah. They like opened the door and came into our enclosed dressing room and knew what Jeremy was doing. So we started looking for cameras and we didn't find any, which is the other weird thing. <laughs> and we we're like, holy shit, they're going to kill us. And then we played the show and left. What if their tactic was they just opened the door randomly and then found something that was wrong and they're like, don't do that. They're like, every American band that's been here has stood on that couch. We're going to freak them out. They like leave the room and they're like high-fiving their friends. Like, got him. Dude, he was up there. We got him. <laughs> yeah. They're like, let's have some vodka. Let's leave. 
And Neil is saying these things, which are stereotypes, but also they are actually things that happened to us when we were on a train in Russia. I'm not saying any of this because I haven't been to Russia and experienced this full firsthand, but this is real. Yeah. Like if you didn't drink with them or drink vodka with them, like it was like a kind of like a slap in the face. And I, I drink a lot of vodka and it was hot. It was the best vodka I've ever had. That is true. We took a train from um, Moscow to St. Petersburg, and on the train, we just had no idea what was going on. But once we got there, we realized that this train was hot, very low, uh, just the essentials. It was definitely getting us from point A to point B, and that's about it. And there was a shirtless, large Russian man drinking vodka the whole time. And eating warm, cold cuts. I don't think cold cuts are ever supposed to be warm, but they were. It's in the name. he ate them. I also ate them because I was scared of him. They also had the bathroom from the movie Saw also on the train. Yeah, it was on wheels. It was really convenient. Yeah, it was It was great. And honestly, after going in there, I know that I'm completely safe from COVID. So Yes, that's fine. where you got your immunity. That being said, we thought this episode was an essential part to touring musicians and people who work in the music industry because everybody has to deal with security or speak with them. I shouldn't say deal. You just have to talk to them at some point during their day. And it's a lot easier to do your job especially me as a photographer, when you get along with security and you know what's going on in their head, you know where they come from and what their goals are for the day. So that was kind of the thought process behind this episode. And Sully's the man. Thanks for doing it, Sully. You're the fucking man. Enjoy the episode. But before we actually go, we got one no, patron. We have a patron. Go. We have a patron. We're leaving. We're on this Russian train. All right, Morgan, thanks for signing up this week on our Patreon. Get on the bus because we're about to hang out with Sully. Sully, you just stick out as like the warp tour guy in my head. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's my forte in life right now. To tell you the truth, it's uh, it never planned to be that way. When I first met Kevin Lyman a long time ago, it was uh, I needed a job for the summer. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I'm proud of that. I'm, I love that. To tell you the truth. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you kept Neil safe all those years. I mean, warp tour is like one of those things where it's like. You're in a parking lot and the only thing that keeps you safe are people like you doing your job. You know, it's like, it's like there's a fence that's a chain link fence, which if anyone really wanted Sometimes. to get over it, they probably could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot of situation. you talked a little bit earlier, you know, you said you didn't really think that when you met Kevin Lyman, that this would be like what you would be doing and what you'd be known for. It's like, I feel like so many things in my life have been like that too, where it's like some of the most important things you you just start doing because of necessity and then it kind of morphs into this thing that becomes a career or a, or a massive kind of thing you're known for, you know? That's exactly it. I mean, when I, when I got into entertainment security in general, this was about five years before I ever met Kevin, I fell into it, man. I was out of the Marines and needed a job, you know, and sort of fell into event staffing and, you know, local bodyguard work and that kind of stuff. And, you know, quite frankly, to say real, I get in trouble when I say this by my peers, but I realized this is an industry I could conquer <laughs> because unfortunately, a lot of stereotypes are true about it, especially back then. We're talking about 1989, you know, it was a lot different back then. And, um, and then as I got into it and, and meeting people like Kevin, he really just like gave me this huge toy and set me free. Right. And it was the crowd management Olympics every single day, you know, people, people had never seen it. And people in my industry that, done, that had never even gone out to look at it, had no idea what it's like to roll into an empty parking lot at 5am and throw on that huge show. 
you know, in the heydays, we did some huge shows, 32,000 people. That show yeah. still started, Loden still started at seven, you know? Yeah. So, uh, that's crazy. Then the crowd management problems that came with it, you know, pretty wild, pretty wild. So, um, it really kept me in love with this industry is what it did. So I just picture you rolling up in your golf cart. You're, you're, it's not a golf cart. Well, it's a golf cart. Man, don't call that a golf cart. What? <laughs> don't call that a golf cart, man. I'm like expensive <laughs> unintentionally. You know, that's the closest thing I have a name for of it in my head. What's the correct term for it? Uh, that, that is a Kawasaki mule. All right. Oh, yeah. Rolling up in the mule. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Radio on, like sunglasses, hat, like another dude that could also throw me 20 feet. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm safe. Look at them. And you guys look intimidating, which is good. But once you get to know you guys, you're just so kind. You know, that's sort of what you have to do to be part of my crew. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a different standout in this business. And that's what my company Waterloo's all about is, uh, and it's because we're all guys that have come from some pretty intense stuff. So this is fun, man. Like we are not getting shot at. I mean, I've been in this business. I worked for Def Jam in the early nineties, man. Yeah. It was dangerous. The warp tour in the beginning was dangerous. Oh, wow. You know? we're just having fun you know we're just getting it done and you know it's brutal work but uh you got to find those guys that love music and want to be out there right that's what it's all about what are uh what are some of the like prerequisites to kind of be in your crew you know it's it's funny i was just asked this question the other day by uh, doing a thing for kevin at his class you know you need to have security uh background but to me more important than you know like i get these calls people are in the CIA and all this stuff. I'm like, go get a corporate security job and make good money. Yeah. I don't play around with what I do, you know. <laughs> um, you need to, you have to have a security background. And my best guys, uh, Bobby D, who is out there on Warp Tour with us, and MJ, man, they come from event staffing. And that's a, probably the lowest end of security. But you're taking care of kids. You need to know what you're doing. And you come across these guys right. who, our karate experts, they're this or that. They can shoot a guy from a mile away. I've, I've yet to find a use for that at a concert. You know, you need to understand, and you need to understand music. You know, I was a kid going to see, it was funny, man. I was just watching a Black Sabbath video. And, uh, man, I used to get thrown out at every concert I went to as a kid. We're talking like in the 80s, going to see heavy metal bands. And my big sister, she asked you to, to take me because they thought she'd stay out of trouble. So and like some crazy, Robin Trower and just like all kinds of great musicians. But I don't care what kind of music it was. I was getting thrown out. I was that kid, you know. You have to understand what music does to people, right? And that's, oh, yeah. that's, 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 that's the biggest thing with my guys, so. As we've gotten more into, you know, we do uh, threat management and we protect stars in their homes and stuff. So that's takes that takes some um, a higher level. It takes somebody that's got some police background overseeing the guys personally overseeing it. You know, when we go to bodyguards, I go to my friend Anton, who I've known since back in the I was a I was working for DMX and Jay Z, and he was Fifty Cent's guy when when they were relevant. The day I drew and uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, this guy has turned into a, a great bodyguard. It's all he does, you know, and they're not cops or not this. They're just guys that are great bodyguards. So um, in that realm, you need it. That's when it gets real serious. And it's a different thing, you know, and when you're working at concerts, you're supposed to be nice and smiling and taking care of people. When you're bodyguarding, it's a little different story. So and then you get into the realm of blending them all when you go into a live show, you know, so. 
Yeah. From, from our end or like, you know, trying to teach it to people, you know, we just think of it as security, but from your world, you know, the specific parts of it and you're like, okay, well, there's concert security, there's outdoor festival security, there's bodyguards, there's all these different levels of things that kind of fall into your category. You know, and enough people in our business don't, even my business don't understand that. You know, there, you always hear like the, the venue guys or a festival guy, Oh, those, those tour guys didn't know anything, but they have no idea what the production is or who they're working for or what the demands are on them, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and there's a lot of conflicts like that in all of production, you know, which is another thing we do on the road is dealing with that kind of stuff. Crew guys getting in fights and stuff at load in and uh-huh. load out. Well, I'm sure Neil really appreciates it and you can talk more to it, especially because the nature of your band, Neil, but you know, when you're at a concert and you can see the security guards taking care of your fans, what's that feel like? You know, like, like Sully's talking about just understanding that world is such a big part of it. Well, I mean, in our situation specifically, we roll with a security guy that can go and kind of talk to the local crew to make them understand what they're about to get into. Because like he was saying, a lot of times you don't really understand what's about to happen, you know, especially if it's, if you're just like a local security guard, you work in the door, you used to working like certain events, like a band, like a day to remember comes through. I think that like almost the majority of the venues that we played, we broke in the crowd surf crowd surfer over the barrier record in a, a song or something like that. Like we've been told that many of times. And so it's kind of necessity to kind of have those uh, people that are willing to go in there and talk to these local security guards and be like, look, this is about to get crazy. Uh, this is how you got to handle it. This is how what you got to do, blah, 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 whatever. And it, it means the world to us as a band because we know we can be, we can do what we do. We can put on a show and we can kind of uh, draw out this energy from, from a group of people and everyone's going to be safe. No one's going to leave hurt and everyone's going to be like, man, that was the best show I've ever been to. I had so much fun. I wasn't stopped from doing what I wanted to do, but I also felt safe and taken care of whenever I went over the barricade or whenever I was just there existing, you know? It's a lot. Yeah, I think that's a, that, you nailed it right there, you know, and that's all uh, uh, the real responsibility of a tour guy, you know, and if, even if it's a, you know, you're still at a level where a production manager is doing it and stuff, just letting the locals know because people don't understand what local security is. These guys are, uh, you know, your best of them, the best and worst are going to be at that club level, you know, club level. It's either you got people who are grossly unqualified or people who are dangerous or the combination of the both, you know? So that's like hugely important, you know, and then in, in festivals, geez, like those people are like church groups and stuff, you know, yeah. so not, not knowing what's going on and, and like, like uh, having Guar on tour and here in actually my hometown in Nashville, the security company had a bunch of, they had a church group in front of the stage that Guar was going to play at and, my, and MJ ran over there and I explained to him what was going to happen. And luckily we changed Actually, yeah. I think we took them all out and I think we just did it, but uh I mean, it's hugely important. Those people would have been, those people really would have been destroyed, you know, and people think, oh, well, they're security guys. They're not security guys. It's more from like your end being somebody who's been through so many different levels of security. So when people go to concerts that are as a fan or when somebody is on tour with a band like Neil's and you see the, I don't know, they're usually wearing like yellow shirts or something. Can you explain where those people come from and what they, just so people understand like why these things happen, I guess, or like who these people are. You know, event staffing is, is actually how I got started in entertainment, you know, and it's, it's, it's a delicate balance. You know, these, you got, you got these security companies, they're, they're trying to go out and make money and stuff. And they're, they're getting just 
just screwed on prices, right? So they got to reach out. And if they're a normal employee, they're not making any more than minimum wage, especially at a festival when you throw in the hours they're working or their groups. And, you know, uh, over the years, I found some great groups that actually went and got licensed and stuff. But all these people aren't licensed and or they'll go and get licensed. But this isn't what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing it to uh, to the best ones actually are the people that are out there doing it because they want a new TV for their kids room because <laughs> they're having fun doing it. But, man, when you've got people out there making a minimum wage trying to do this kind of work and pay bills. Like, man, that's a, I just think it's a dangerous combination. And I've been there. Uh, my yeah. first job in security, I made three twenty-five an hour. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you know, that, that was minimum wage back then, I think. And, um, you know, I think I, we'd work bars. We got paid like 45 bucks and we could drink beer afterwards and, and carouse, you know? So, uh, <laughs> at least we got to have fun, but now people don't even get to have fun while they work. And it got so much more serious, yeah. You know, so so you got those guys, you got some supervisors that take it seriously and this is what they do. And you have this whole group of people that don't really want to be there. And it sort of goes into that. I just got to make money person. They don't like cons. They don't like music. They don't want to sleep in a tent or in a, in a, a hall, you know. So there's a, so many different dynamics going into it. Your best case scenario is getting someone who's just brand new and has a radio to tell you the truth. Yeah. They can't to bypass all that stuff and gets to somebody who's a, uh, you know, who's like a supervisor that's got some vested interest in being out there. And, you know, Bonnaroo is my home, little home festival here. And, and those security guys out there, man, they live for that. Like, I couldn't imagine that being the highlight of my life or like Coachella, tell you the truth, man, I, that stuff's brutal to me. I just, I don't get it, but they love being out there and they're good at doing what they're doing. They, they understand festival and they, they, they on their time, they pay to be there. A lot of these guys. You know, they, they, they pay their own way out there. They're, if they don't want to eat more than just a uh, burrito from a truck in the morning, they're spending their own money. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's, not a, it's not an easy life, you know. It's good to hear about because being a photographer, you know, I obviously have to communicate with security and work with them. And, and you guys are like the sworn enemies. Sorry, <laughs> I interrupt you. But you guys no. are sworn enemies, right? Yeah, I mean, that like for me and for a lot of people listening to this that are photographers, you know, we're like always in the way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't blame them either. Like, Hey, they're trying to catch crowd surfers or they're trying to make sure we're going to the right places. And photographers are literally trying to get everywhere to get photographs. And it helps me so much, even the stuff you said already to understand where these people are coming from, what information they've been given, why they're there for the day. So that when I talk to them for the few seconds I do, I make sure I approach the situation correctly. And I don't know. I just, I don't think these are bad people, but people always seem to say, you know, hey, I got had a hard time with security at the venue. I had a hard time with security at the festival. And I really want to try. And maybe you could tell me in a few words, like what what's going on there? Is there a miscommunication or what do you probably see it all the time? You know, I think it's a, a lack of understanding that security guy that might be being a dick to you. Yeah. Has probably been on post for a solid 10 hours, especially at a festival. That's like the worst case scenario. In the rain, in the mud, they're hungry. Some guy was just over here giving them shit because he wasn't allowed to go to the VIP area, especially the areas you're trying to access. You know, you're you're going into barricades, which is the hollowed ground. It's the only place a security guy is really allowed to make a decision, right? Yeah. Uh, I know that's the only place I do get to, but like back in back in the day, you know, what what, what happens in the barricade is 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 serious work. So uh, you know, there's all that. And then there is the, 
you know, you I've worked with a lot of photographers out there on the work tour and there's a handful of great ones, but man, there's some horrible people out there that, and that just because they're carrying a camera, you know, they just get involved with stuff. They, they are rude, you know, and a lot of them, and I always say this about warp tour. It's full of a lot of people who treat the right people. Great. But if you're not a right person and they treat you like dirt, being a security guy on that tour, all those years, man, I, I'm not only being a victim of it, I watched it every single day, you know? So a lot of that goes into it, you know, and then throw in the, Oh, I don't want to be here or, or, Oh, I just got off another job and now I'm out here working at some club and I'm at 50, 57 and I don't want to be here. Matlock's on. They're just people. Yeah. And the lower they are in the realm of training. Back in the old days, on Warp Tour, is pretty common. We called them piss bombs. Somebody would piss in a big old 32-ounce cup and throw it at the guys in the barricade. You know, like when, when Pennywise hit the stage, I'd be like, good luck down there. Like, yeah. I ain't going near that shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it can be pretty demoralizing, you know, to be a security guy and you're supposed to put up with all this abuse. Then you throw in the fact that a lot of these guys work. I'm sorry, I'm going to use bad language here. Fucking assholes. And this goes into my thing of the stereotype of security guys. A lot of them are out there. I've had contracts where the owner of the security company was not allowed to be at the Vans work tour. Wow. His people were great, but as soon as that guy was around, it was a problem, mm-hmm. you know, yelling at his people and, and, and making things worse. You know, we'd be, we'd have everything under control working with his guys and all of a sudden, I'm going to tell a quick story. I was working this thing years ago and as soon as some stuff with Santana, I'm up to the front gates they came bringing these big burly security guys drag this guy out to the front gates and the owner of the company goes up and goes, you're going to remember me motherfucker and punches this guy like four times in the face. This wow. guy was a monster, you know? So that's what you're dealing with. That's terrible. Right. Like, like, and that's an old school story, but that's still, there's still plenty of old school people out there. Oh yeah. So, you know, and, and, and I'm not a, Oh, I just saw the end of it. And I know the guy was probably being an asshole and, you know, who knows what he did, but I know he didn't deserve that, especially if the owner of the company's doing that, what are his employees doing? Right. That's kind of our, Neil, you'll definitely be able to talk to this, but that's kind of our goal with the podcast is like, we acknowledge that there's a lot of the older type of people on tour still, but we, we feel that it's getting better. Like as a community, as a touring world, it's like more open, more welcoming, better uh, there's not people beating each other up as much, at least. We <laughs> Depends what camp you're in. <laughs> well, I think it's just like more visible, right? Like back in the day, you could go and punch someone in the face four times. Not ev- every person in the crowd had a camera phone. Uh, and so only the people that witnessed it are the people that knew it even happened. And then from there, it's like whoever's willing to talk about it, which is probably not many people if they're doing it, you know, if they're all working for them and whatever. So now it's a lot, it's a lot different. You know, there's a lot of accountability a lot of th- situations that are kind of being, and I think that that's like making the situation better, but it's also making the job of a security guard a lot harder. Cause you, you know, they have to, they have a lot on their plate. And like you said, it's a lot of people are very, they're paid very little uh, with very little experience. And they're, they're like, Hey, if someone gets through here, like with a gun or a bomb or something crazy, it's on this person's shoulders. And so they're, they have a lot of people that they have to take care of. And in my head, I'm always trying to be nice to those people because I understand that it's not a fucking easy job. Like having, having that responsibility of all these people's safety and security, I wouldn't want that. That's freaks me out, you know, like, and to have these people that are willing to go and do this because of their necessity of their life situation, 
they're like, man, I, I'm, I could do this. I'm a, I'm a bigger person. I could do this. Or I, I don't really have a choice. I don't want to put food on my table for my kids. I'm going to do this. You know, it's like, you got to have respect for those people that are willing to go out there and put themselves in contact with the, all these different situations. And it's, I think you, you said it correctly. I think it's a lot of both, you know, like people always are like, Oh, security guard was mean to me. It's like, bro, did you have your pass? Did you have the correct <laughs> credentials? Did you have like all these things that are necessary? Were you trying to go somewhere you weren't supposed to be? Were they just doing their job? Were you being rude? You know, like a lot of these questions, it's like, you can't ask these questions in the heat of the moment of this person was rude to me or mean to me. But a lot of times it's not the exactly. person they're just doing their job. Look, I hope that with this podcast, a lot of these people are like, Hey, maybe I should go into this situation with a little bit more empathy understanding what these people are going through under like knowing how hard it is for them to do this job and how much responsibility is on their shoulders and be like, look, I get why they won't let me through here. Or maybe I will wait an extra five minutes so someone can come and help me get through because I don't have the right credentials or whatever. I, I hope that that's part of this too, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, if I could jump in on that and that's that usually important on your guys' side and, and, you know, people ask how I do all these crazy tours and, and shows with like terror and, you know, Pennywise. And I'm friends with all these guys. It's because there's an understanding with the band, too. And I can't tell you how many times band members have saved my ass, you know, uh, warp Tour and, and in rap shows. I mean, I worked with rappers a long time ago with the 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 hip hop uh, cop days, you know, Noriega and Murder, Inc. and all that. And. I wouldn't have been able to survive if it wasn't for the artist understanding what I did, you know, right. and that's hugely important. Yeah. Yeah. Like what Neil was saying and what you're saying, could you maybe just lay it out like your security? Let's just say you're doing not warp tour, but you're working at, I don't know, you're going into any situation where you're doing security. Obviously your main goal is to be, to secure, I don't know, to be security, but what does that entail for you? Like, what are you looking out for on a daily basis? What are you making sure does or doesn't happen just so yeah, me personally, and there's different styles out there, but I'm a... We got you. We want you because you're, you know... <laughs> I'm a let's make sure nothing happens to make sure there's no lawsuits. A lot of security guys are out there. Let's make sure our, our asses are covered when lawsuits happen. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that really changes the whole aspect of what you're doing, you know? So if I'm a... You know, we'll use like I'm a... I'm head of security out there at Soundset, which was a huge hip hop festival for years. You know, my daily every day would be because you're following a diff bunch of different plans. I'm looking after not only security, but you have police, you have police on the outside, you have traffic control. I mean, you have all this stuff, medical, you know, so it's really the ability to follow a bunch of different plans. So and that's pretty much what I do. And it's just maintaining that plan. So me personally, before there's ever any kids around. I'm walking around talking to security guys, making sure they understand what we're doing, you know, because I know they were they came in early and some guy was like, they probably never to work before wherever we are. I stand at this gate and they need a pass to come in. I've heard those deployments before stand at a gate and they need a pass to come in. And the guy just walks away, mm -hmm. you know, and this person is just like, you know, hopefully I'm just begging. They had to turn to me and go, well, what's the pass look like? You know, yeah. if I got that, I, I'm like, we're going to have a great day. <laughs> you know, so it's just little stuff. I think like that maintaining security guards um, at festivals, we have making sure the security guys around you know who the players are. Right. Yeah. I, uh, you know, when we roll into yeah. a camp, you know, with Billy, we roll in, we, there's a lot of people that are going to come and go and we don't necessarily want to stop them every time to look at their layout. 
you know? So it's a, it's a continual, you know, reinforcing that. So now at the level I'm at, I got guys that are doing that, right? So I got MJ out and the first thing in the morning, he's the crowd guy and meeting the early security guys, briefing the supervisors, I'm following his plan. I'm making sure the security company's following the plan, right? That's the most important part. And a lot of times when they're short, it's not because of them. It's because the promoter, you know, also the promoter said, ah, we don't need that. That silly doesn't need that. We don't need that, you know? Right. So it's all about really following a bunch of different plans. It's walking the venue, looking at the big picture of the venue, right? Looking at, we got, oh, what's this, a little puddle. Well, a little puddle can actually cause quite a huge stampede and it's wild. And there's videos of it, of people walking, trying to avoid getting their walking through a, not even a one inch puddle. And all of a sudden people start panicking and people are falling over and getting run over. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, that it's that basic stuff like that. That's wild. I always hang out and watch stagehands, you know, are luckily like this rock and roll crews aren't let's smoke a joint on the loading dock anymore too much you know especially when you get into the arena world but you know let's see what the sage hands are doing and what are what kind of games are they playing you know concessions people you know you got to get out there and look and really know what's going on in the venue and one of the few venue guys said um and our teams as soon as our buses stop our guys are out working you know because you got to know the players it's a lot to go. No, like I said, it is. It's it's huge, you know. And then you get into like as the day on meetings, and you know, then all of a sudden there's meet and greets, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, the artist you're with wants to go to the skate park down the corner, which is all real stuff, you know. Yeah. All of a sudden, you got to go. Oh shit, I got to go. You got to pull yeah. up your guys. You got to go do something totally different. Whatever you're in the middle of. Man. We've heard yeah, that hey, a lot. You know, it, it's crazy. Hey, get down there and see who's there, right? I mean, it's two blocks from the arena. I'm sure there's going to be kids there. And then the probably the last thing is getting people used to my style for the day. A lot of security guys go in there and they're, I'm the boss, I'm this, I'm the best security guy in the world. I lifted a car once, you know, we go in and we're part of a team. And that's what I say in my security meetings is we're not the best security guys in the world. We're the best at this show, you know, and we're the best with this crowd. And we are the key to making this day easy. I always tell jokes during my security meetings. Just not necessarily anything, just so I can see their reaction. And a lot of times when I'm in a suit and tie and people in like police uniforms and clipboards, they'll write that joke down. It's like, <laughs> man, we're going to have a horrible day, right? Yeah. So I just try to get a feel for them, too, so I can go to the guys going, man. And, and like on Warped, that was a big part of it, too. Like, well, man, because uh-huh. those guys were talking about a show during the day. You had so many people every day. Yeah. And, and during the day, during the week, I mean, this is part-time work. So that's what kind of staff you're getting, right? You're getting, that's why I warped it. always seemed like every security guard we had was older than me. You know, yeah. I, I was in my fifties. <laughs> so, <laughs> What's the difference working with someone with such celebrity, like, you know, I don't know, Billie Eilish or something like that. What's, what's the difference of working with a celebrity versus like doing a, a festival like warp tour like what are the differences in the security protocol yeah oh man it's you know it, it completely switches you go from being out there and all you care about is taking care of the crowd and sort of letting the musicians fend for themselves and if they yeah. need us we're going to be there to help to you're just taking care of this person that's instantly notified noticeable right yeah when I, I started with billy I mean, I was on tour with five finger death punch <laughs> started with billy went for on an airplane got Landed in Germany and started with Billy. And like, I'd never heard of her, right? But every place we went, we couldn't go anywhere 
and we were staying like a, you know, she didn't have a label yet or anything. We we're staying at a holiday Inn express and taking Ubers. Yeah, yeah. But like, literally we'd walk into a little vegan cafe and 10 minutes later, there'd be 400 people in the streets, you know? So it's way more, you gotta be way more covert. It's way more about the uh, plan for just one person. And then on the liability side, I mean, that's the top of the chain, right? Everyone's going after the artist, then the promoter, then the venue, then the security company. So you got to look at that aspect too, when you get into the arenas and and, and that kind of, even when you go to a festival, you know, we, we look at our worlds to make sure that her show is not going to impact this crowd. And it's our fault that there's a mistake. Right. So, you, so you're constantly like your first priority is like obviously keeping her safe. But then in those situations, like you have to like be aware of where the potential lawsuit is or how to protect from any of these different liabilities. Man, that's so that's so much responsibility. It's like even talking about this stuff is it uh it is, it's huge. And but you know, luckily when you get into that level and, and Warped eventually got there where I had a team out there and you guys all worked with those guys. You know, my arena team on uh on Billy's tour that starts next year, we're gonna have four guys that are just dedicated to the arena part, two bodyguards, and that lets me do all that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. look around and you know, uh, and doing that, you know, and different acts, you know, I've worked for, when I worked for the Beastie Boys way back when, they just have to do pre-existing building damage walks, you know, because. Just to blame- see where, like, someone could blame you for something like a show, like, your show yeah. did this. It's like, no, your yeah. wall was already falling apart. Yeah, broken sinks, here. toilets, you know, you name it, because Beastie Boys was a wild show, and they yeah. were only putting them in crappy arenas that wanted new bathrooms, right? <laughs> you know, so it's, you've got to, it depends on the act, you know, you got to adjust. I did an ICP show, and they'd say, hey, do you want to take that ice up? And some places didn't take the ice up, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. You know, after all that, they go. What am I missing? Well, ICP, they, they spray about four, uh, uh, 1,400 cases of Fago soda on the crowd. Oh, wow. So, you know, you got to look at that big thing because that's something that's going to come up in a lawsuit. Broken chairs. Oh, that was a huge thing in the 90s, you know, especially yeah. with bands like Pearl Jam and Nirvana and everything. Everybody huh. get together and count broken chairs at the end of the night. You know, So it's like no matter what, like every artist has to have a different approach. Right. Like what's going to work for a day to remember is not going to work for Billie Eilish, obviously. Exactly. And then what works for even even what's work works for Billie Eilish is not going to work for like Ariana Grande or like someone else. That's like even like on the outside looking in, like they seem very similar in the sense that they're both female pop stars that probably have a massive fandom. But it's like Billie Eilish, she exists in this Internet celebrity that's like everything is known immediately. Like you're saying, you show up to a vegan restaurant, like someone gets on a forum, they're like, Billy's at the vegan restaurant. There's 400 people there. Her, her hair broke the internet last week. Yeah. I mean, like crazy stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's everybody, you know, we have constant people coming by her house and, you know, it's, 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 it's never spending, you know, and we have three or four pretty high profile clients right now because of the internet. It's, it makes right. things really hard, you know? How, how has that changed your business? I mean, you've obviously been in this before the internet even was like a thing. Hugely, hugely. I mean, it's made it easier when we first started, when I first started touring, like the only person that had a computer on tour was the tour manager. Yeah. You know, or the production manager. And that was at a big road case. The laptops weren't around yet, right? So wow. um, in, in that sense, it's great. I used to have to advance shows. I'd have like, I'd just build folders. And by the end of them, I'd have 
20, 30 folders of all this arena information. And, oh, it was such a pain in the ass. Unbelievable. Um, but the drawback is, man, people have access to everything. They can find out addresses. Uh, you know, when I first really started signing, I was working with, with uh, Gaga. And I could, this was pretty early in her career. The Internet is not what it is now. Apps weren't around and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And But there was a, a website called Right Here, Right Now. Oh, God. And, yeah. I already tell what that is. Yeah. And like somebody would walk into a restaurant and somebody would be like, oh, my God, that lady Gaga's here. So, wow. you know, that was when I first started. But now, I mean, they were going through the Bieber thing and all that. And, you know, like these kids are smart and they got time and they got money. And they even more important, they have parents that will let them do it. And that's yeah. something that's pretty amazing to me because I grew up in a different time. And you know, my parents were parents. They didn't let me do anything. But now you got parents that'll drop kids off at, you know, venues at three in the morning, go to work and pick them up at midnight. You know, yeah. we're talking about a show that starts at seven and is over at 11. You know, that's right. a long time. So what happens, all these kids just get together and share information. You know, they, they, they share what our passes look like. They share what our wristbands look like. I mean, everything they take pictures of everything and anything that they think they can use to either get in or get close you know so you always have to be on on guard and you know it's and it's crazy too to try to it helps understanding where you come from so people can understand that these things that aren't relatively difficult to do on their end like hey make a pass or something are such a big deal on your end because it literally changes your whole day and it causes a big problem a big security risk and it's why like I mean, there's a lot of people who tell people to approach the touring industry, especially in the music photography world, a little bit differently. They'll tell people to, you know, sneak in where you can or jump fences and this stuff. And I'm like a big advocate and Neil is as well. It's like, hey, you kind of got to play by the rules because we know what the repercussions are, both on the artist part and the security part. And it really bums us out when people say like, hey, you know, just use this pass and go this way or do, do this kind of thing. Because it's just it's it's a lot, man. It, it really sure. affects people. And now it's even more important because we got people blowing up people and shooting up concerts. Yeah. You know, so like, and, and man, it kills me because promoters always forget. Right. And a year, not even, I was thinking it's about maybe a year and a half after the Vegas shooting. Okay. The, uh, up there in the little Gilroy garlic festival promoter didn't want to have any security in the parking lot and on the fence lines and some guy cut his way in and shot up the place you know jesus i mean it's it's they they forget i and i know i get in so much trouble with these kinds of statements but they're gonna forget about covid too and i know everyone's like oh uh, but they are no you're right you're absolutely they forgot about 9 11 they forgot about the manchester bombing they forgot about the root whatever it is you know and they will and it's going to come down they're going to be you know it's going to, they're going to forget about it. And I know everyone's going to say I'm wrong and we're committed. And I just, I mean, I don't know. I've seen it over history. I've been in this business a long time. You know? well, it's, it's not, it's not anything new, right? It's just another situation. And obviously this has affected our industry immensely. Uh, but you're right. You know, when things kind of look remotely normal to people, they're going to continue as business as usual. Cause that's what, that's what we do. We go in and we entertain people and we're almost forced to forget, right? Like, well, the artists and the concert goers, like that, they're there to kind of escape, right? That's like whatever purpose. bullshit. And as us as entertainers, they almost have to be like, we got to go out there and smile and be happy and greet every person. Like it's the first person we've ever greeted and be stoked. You know, it's like you have to almost forget. And a lot of times it's 
it's really hard navigating those situations. And I think that it, I'm so thankful for security guards that actually give a shit, you know, like they're there and they care. They're like the supervisors are telling people, hey, this is important and we need to be on this shit. Like we can't forget, right? Because everyone else there is is there to forget. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And that's, and that's, and that's so important and they are out there. And I know I just like ripped apart of everything and stuff, but they are out there and there's promoters out there that care. And there are people who care. Yeah. Just, you got to look at the big picture of what we're dealing with. Right. And it is. And, and exactly you say at the end there about, um, that's why, and that's what crew guys always were, were the guys that were, you know, and, and these people that work directly for bands were the people that are working while everyone else is losing They've gone to an event to not think about all the stupid shit in their lives, right? Mm -hmm. Or to celebrate the stupid shit in their lives. Right, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. No, that's great. It's a, it's a crazy, I'm just saying it's a crazy situation, you know, and uh, I, I can't stress enough. This is one thing I've kind of noticed and I just wanted to talk to you about. It. It's like, no one ever told me this when I was younger and I had to find this out the hard way, but don't take pictures of your past. <laughs> if you, if you're, if so, if you're lucky enough to go to a show and someone like gave you a pass, don't post it on the internet, you know? And it's like, it's funny that like, I feel weird saying this cause it's like, obviously, but it's not obvious, you know? And it's like, you're making people like Sully, their job exponentially harder, right? They have to change the entire pass structure because you just fucked it up and put it all over the internet. Can't do that. That's a huge no, no, don't crazy. do that. And, and you gotta look at, I'm just looking at it from an arena aspect but a huge mega festival aspect, like yeah. that systems cost. We spent, we spent on our last, I spent probably it's close to when you get artwork and everything, you know, 10, 15 grand on a pass system that you, you're going to try to stretch out for two years. Cause once it's worn out in America, you hit South America and you, know, you try to stretch it out. But you know, one person and we got and and people think, Oh, arena people, they're all pros. They're not. I can't tell you how many times I looking up, you know, and that's what we do too. That's another part of the job is because of the beautiful social media, I find out what everyone's doing and all the scams are running, you know, because yeah. of the internet. But, uh, but yeah, it just takes one guy, one guy just thinking, look how cool I am. I'm going to make everybody jealous on the twit face. And, uh, yeah, you got to redo a whole past system, man. It's happened to me a couple times. It's brutal. It's, yeah, it's tough yeah. because especially when a tour is rolling. Holy crap. And that's yeah. literally the next within hours will show up. I've had, I've had, I've had people take my pass sheets off the, off the wall in the morning. And by the afternoon we got them being sold in the parking lot, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I don't think that people realize like the little things and how much they really cost and how much damage it really does. Cause it's like we said to them, it's, it's not much, right. They're, they're excited. They get to brag to their friends. They're like, I get to be backstage. Check it out. It's like, yeah. They don't have ill Everyone has to be aware that this, it, no, right. But I'm just saying like, I think this is an important thing. We have a security guard on here. We need to be talking about things that, you know, you really don't think about or as a big deal, but it's a huge deal. Yeah. Agreed. You got to keep that stuff yeah. sacred, and, you know, keep it safe. You guys have been on big tours and, and you know, like uh, early years, going back to work, but early years of work, we were targeted hard and we would have people come out and like, Hey, can I hit you ride in your bus? My bus got left. And like, yeah. And the guys wake up, they got nothing, you know, Man. Wow. that past system is so important. And even on arena tours, when I was a little young thug kid, man, I knew plenty of my friends, man, you got outside of, uh, you know, outside of Bogarts there in Cincinnati, there's a, a oh, bus yeah. or a van, you know, and one security guy watching it that doesn't want to be there. 
oh yeah, I got to get this. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it, it's, it's gotten important. It's way more yeah. than, yeah, I know. And then when I first started, the past was really way more of a, a way for, for dudes to get laid and, and that kind of stuff. But now, man, it is important. It's just, it really it's, is. The, it's the key to everyone's safety and security. And we're not just talking about, oh, this person doesn't belong backstage. We're talking about acts of terrorism. We're talking about theft. Now we're talking about goddamn diseases, right? Yeah. Yeah. All based on his past. And I've had some pretty high level conversations with Five Nation and they're going to want to know who gets off that bus and who is the record label's friend. You know, it's right. unfortunately, I think some people who like to be fancy at shows are going to be upset for a while. Yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. Touring is going to be different, right? Like it's all different. It's like a yeah. big reset. You know, it's like when we do come back, it's like a lot of the things that we knew going into this are not going to be the same. It can, they can't be. No, just because of what's going on. It, it can't be. And I think it's a good thing in the big picture. I think it's going to take some fun away, but it also, like I said, it, it's just, it's important, you know, it's in, and then like, like with my artists, they don't want anybody around them right now. You know, even like I'm in the, in uh, what are they called? Live stream. Yeah. They don't want extra people and the director's not allowed to bring his daughter. And, you know, it's super secret because we don't want any extra people around. We don't want to have to have them roll down the window to say hi to their fans. We'd just rather not see anybody. Right. You know, yeah. it's changing the whole game, especially in my world. And and I was really trying when it first started. All of my clients are coming to me. What are you going to do about COVID? I'm like, let me figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Right. You, you go on the Internet, you get everyone's different views and. Like I was saying, so, you know, we reached out like I did on work tour to calm that down. I went to Rockmed and like, hey, Gordon, like, he's a doctor, right? I think doctors yeah. should be probably telling me what to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, use your phone. <laughs> well, it's it's uh, just such a crazy thing, too, that even the high level people didn't know what to do, right? It's such a uh, new thing, such a deadly situation that can just get out of control so quickly. It's like, what do you do, right? We don't even, even the people in charge are like, well, we're still figuring it out. So, yeah, I mean, like, we're in a new world, man. Like, yeah. I mean, we live in the future. I didn't get my little fly car and that kind of stuff. Like I thought when I was a kid, <laughs> but this is the future, man. And this yeah. is, uh, this is scary stuff. And there are going to be more. Right? Yeah, it's true. Well, so we might even, as well have even a great if, plan. And I was just going to say, even, even if there's like, if it's, it's not the same, these things that are happening, they're not bad. It's probably for the better that we start implementing some of these changes and kind of get it control over everything that's going on. And, I don't think it's yeah. that bad. No, you know, it is. And it, and I think in our world and, and being an artist, I mean, like, it's got to be horrible. I think about, I mean, I've done this for 30 years and as a bodyguard for a long time, and you want this artist that just gave it all, right? Gave it all for all their fans. And they walk off stage and they're just surrounded by people. And then they walk in the dressing room and there's the, the label guy and a photographer and stuff. Man, that should drive me crazy. I wouldn't yeah. do it. I wouldn't do it. I'd be a horrible artist. <laughs> with, all the, with all the knowledge you have from seeing the artist side and the fan side and the security side, do you think that there's any, like we're trying to get some like practical advice that maybe crew members listening to this or people can have, is there anything you see people do that you're like, Hey, this is better. This makes security life easier or anything that people can improve on that you see as like, I don't know, something that is just wrong in the industry. I, I guess you would say. I don't know anything that helps communicating between when I'm on tour and I get in trouble with the security guard, anything along those lines. Yeah. It, it's all the stuff I was just talking about, you yeah. know, remember who you're dealing with. And yeah. I also remember there's reasons why there's rules, 
yeah. you know, and, and a lot of stuff. We were just at the Grammys, the head of security, he can't make a decision at all. It's not his decision, you right. know? And I think and on the crew side, that's a big part of it. I think it's just understand what these guys are doing. And these local okay. security guys aren't your security guy and they never will be. That's why, I mean, I hope not because that's what keeps me employed, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But they aren't. And then as you get into, you know, like I said, last time I, I saw a day to remember was at the Marathon Music Works there, you know, uh, I think it was a year after the work tour was over. And, you know, I work with that crew all the time, but they were like so afraid of the crowd. And I was like, look, it's still just a, a day to remember crowd. There's going to be a shitload of crowd surfing, but they're not criminals, man. we're not going to be taking shanks off people you know like most of them if they're underage aren't going to try to drink you know i mean it's a good crowd you know that's my thing it's with almost everybody i work with i get to know it's a good crowd you know there's way worse things you can be doing so um and with crew guys with local security guys try being nice you know it goes a long way really does agreed it's like with any Uh any situation it's like you kind of hope that speak to a waiter as you would speak to like someone in your family or speak to a security guard as you would speak to someone that's like in your friend group, you know, and it goes a long way. And just treat them human. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had situations where people have literally like saved me. I've been like stuck outside of like a, we were in like download festival and went for a run. <laughs> it's you're in the middle of a fucking country. Like, like no, park. Yeah. It's just, there's nothing out there. Right. And then like, I realized once you're, you know, you're going for a run. You don't have anything on you. I realized once I'm like out there in the middle of nowhere that I don't have anything. I don't have a pass. I don't have my phone. I'm just like running. Right. And you, just being nice to someone and really just asking and like going up to them and treating them like a human being being like, Hey, I, you don't have to believe me, but I'm telling you, like, I'm supposed to be in there. Uh, I don't have anything proving that I'm supposed to be in there. Here you are, pal. <laughs> um, I can tell you maybe someone to talk to. And it's like, if you're rude to someone like that, they're just like, they don't have to be nice to you. They're like, fuck you. Go figure it out over there. You're right. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, I was a local security guy for a lot of years. And even now, like I said, going back to, to, um, you know, working a marathon and have my cushy little home gigs. It's, uh, again, it's, it's not that very glorious being a, a, a security guy and the, the crew guys, if it was, it is, it's just, uh, it's a little bit of respect goes a huge amount of weight. Especially because it'll go even further than you know, because they probably have been treated like shit for a lot of time. You know, it's so sad. Yeah, I like try to like being a photographer. Like I acknowledge that you know, there's a lot of photographers that don't like security. I love security because they keep me safe and they tell me where I can and can't be. And they say they let you. They're the reason you can shoot in the pit. And I try to introduce myself, make myself known, especially if I'm on tour. Go to the security meeting. Like meet these people just to avoid the confusion later because I mean, it helps hearing a lot reiterated and also learning a lot from you, like what these people are going through, what their days, like everything that happened before the moment they're like, get the hell out of my way. I'm trying to catch kids. And, um, I don't know. I, I respect them a lot. Cause I feel like they care so passionately about the show, the, the good ones. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, they're there doing like the, one of the hardest jobs in the venue. And I just respect that a lot. And, you know, we appreciate that. You know, it's, it's the people that I got working with me on artist houses and stuff. They're always amazed because right now I'm in the phase where I've really handpicked all of my, all my clients and they know their names. And these guys are like, man, I, all the years in the business, I've never, they've like, they never say hi to me and stuff. So, you know, just that little, like, oh, Hey, Rashad, what's going on? You know, it makes yeah, them yeah. feel good. You know, it's, it's, it's like anybody, you know, yeah. they're people. 
they're people yeah. too, you know, uh, that's sort of my mantra. You know, let's start treating people like people and not a keyboard. I think everybody would get along a little better. Tell you the truth. Yeah, that's you're not wrong. Yeah. It goes so far. I mean, and it goes, it's on every, every side of it. Right. Like even like you go and you meet an artist, like don't treat them like they're just like some thing, right? Like, can I get a picture? Can I get this from you? Can I get this? It goes a long way. Hey, how's your day? You know, like even those questions, like they go a long way and same with the photographer, same with security guard, everyone's there to do the job and they're, whether they like the job or not, they're trying to just make ends meet, right? Like if they're there and they're happy and they're like, I like being a security guard, that's cool. It's probably a bonus, but they're there because they need to, to work and they have like all this life outside of whatever's going on. It's like, just be nice. It goes so far, but in conclusion, just be nice. Oh, in just conclusion. be nice. Just be I nice, mean, which is really funny, good man. I'm a, I'm an old school security guy. I did some pretty crazy stuff. And when people see, see me now, they're like, man, you used to be way meaner. <laughs> I was mean. I just. I think I it's know. a product of the environment. I think back in the day, shit was just crazier and not because we're people were like, we want to be crazier. It's just because it was, that's the state of the world. Right. And, and it's different now, but it's, it's, there's just new threats, new things that are happening that are just different. Right. Like back in the day, no one was like. We're going to blow this place. Well, I don't know. Maybe they were, but it just nah. seems like, it, I don't know. It just seems like a different world. And I think that like, even back in the day, like you kind of expected to deal with situations like that. Like you went to a, you went to a show and like the security guards like mean, you're like, yeah, it's a security guard. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, just yeah, is what exactly. it is. Just don't fuck with them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Or, and, it, and it was, it was a lot different and it's a lot different now in this sense. And one of the things that I do love about the touring world, it's way more of a team now. You know, and I think even with the kids and and people at shows, there's way more of a spirit of we're coming together, you know, and I know a lot of that sort of genre specific and like, again, back to the war tour, but the early days of going through first Nazi skinheads and then the Christian identity, straight edge kids. I don't know if you guys remember that stuff. Like it was so intense, a lot of that stuff. And then finally the crowd said no. Right. And, you know, every day I'd be in dealing with these crazy bands over there at that monster stage or Johnny Emmerich stage, you know, and mm-hmm. and there'd be some guy in there that's just beating the crap out of everybody. I wouldn't let the local security guys go in there. We'd go in there and real gentle and basically the crowd would get rid of them. You know, mm-hmm. the crowd would let them know that's not going to happen, gonna which happen. is way better than yeah. the 90s. Because what happened in the 90s, you know, it turns into Woodstock everyone's fighting everybody and then all of a sudden they're flipping over trucks. Right. So, uh, I think there's way more, way more brotherhood, uh, camaraderie amongst crowds and definitely amongst tour personnel. There's still some problem crews out there, but you know, well, I was just thinking about this. It's like, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but like everyone has a camera phone now and everyone's trying not to get, they're trying to do the right thing because they don't want to get sued. They don't want to get taken advantage sure. of in a situation where it's like, hey, they handled this situation wrong. It's like, no, I didn't handle the situation wrong. I did exactly what I was supposed to do. Uh, and it's like everyone's got eyes on you now. It's like everyone's recording something. Everyone's like trying like, you know, hey, look, at the, they're fighting. Watch this. You know, it's like, how did the security guard handle that in that video? That's up to them. Now that you got to be aware of that. You can't do anything stupid because it's all on tape, which is Great, but it's also, you know, it's just, it's just a don't different Don't pick world. your nose, 
<laughs> right? Don't pick your nose. Don't like you're going to end up on the internet. That's why I never, all these artists always have segues and all these little scooters and that kind of stuff. I don't get on them because people love a video of a fat security guy falling off a, off a scooter, right? <laughs> I mean, videos, no matter, especially if you're in an arena, even if you don't see a person with a camera, you are on camera until yeah, you walk into true. a dressing room, right? Yeah. So, well, that makes sense. It's just how things are now, you know? We got to be aware and, and I think just to reiterate 150%, like be kind, go into it thinking about you're that person, right? Just be kind, uh, especially yeah. with security guard or uh, photographers and stuff like that. It's like, it will go so far, go meet people, learn their name, like do that early. These are the things like your job doesn't start when the show starts and you walk in, you start shooting for like pictures. Like that's not when your job starts and that's everybody in the, in the venue, yeah. you know, it's like. Your job doesn't start when your job starts. You got to go and meet people and have some FaceTime and be like, hey, I'm a human being too. What's up? Let's get this done together. We're a team now. And and use use security guards as a benefit. It's a great thing to have people that are there to keep you safe. And if you if you do your part too, it's just going to be better for everybody. So you're 100% right. A couple crew guys and a band member being nice as security guys, your crowd's going to have a completely different experience than a band member that it's all oh, fuck these guys and you know yeah. crew guys that are like i don't need to wear a laminate do you know who i am and you know unfortunately there's still a little of that out there you know it's <laughs> funny it's it's little small bands are really huge bands right it's like the like people in the middle are like man it's just happy you know one of the best crews you can be a part of and and bands you can be around backstage especially at a festival is the food fighters these yeah. guys are just grateful. They're so happy. They're wearing whatever you want me to wear. My pass on my forehead. I got it. I got a rock and roll pass, you know? <laughs> I think that's a great way to look at it, you know? It's like they're just having a great time and we're and we're blessed enough to be doing this for work, right? Yes. Yeah, I've had some horrible jobs. I have friends that have really horrible jobs. I mean, like I couldn't imagine waking up every day and at the same time, going to the same place, looking at the same people. You don't know, like being excited because it's bagel Monday. That's yeah, just no. not me, man. Like, like we got a great life here. Yes. You know, it's, it's not as bad as it is. You know, it's just, let's just all get along and have some understanding and, and care about some stuff. And, and, and again, like I always say, know what's going on. You know, yeah. like you don't know the whole story. There's there's a couple sides to every story. You know, I know we're good on seeing the last the end of a thing and making our decision. But man, there's, there's so much stuff goes into every incident. You know, things get out of control oh, yeah. really quick. I use that as a mantra. You know, it's like my decisions, and the way I handle things affect everything. And, you know, so my guys, they all and like I said, you've met a few of them. And I don't care if you're like, I got guys that were in Fallujah. I got guys that are hardcore. Two two years ago, were were combat marines, but they care and they're compassionate and they love music. <laughs> you know, and that's always, <laughs> that's like the three things I have. And they can communicate. A couple of them are great at the old communication things. There's some grunts involved, but you know, they'll learn. They're, they're security guys. Well, coming from we all struggle. Me, I was 18 on work tour and learning uh, learning what security guards were from you. It's really cool to have you on here and get to have a nice formal talk because. You know, my first interactions with you were you kicking me out of a pit as I probably shouldn't have been there. <laughs> and then I learned that you weren't all that scary and you probably just learned a lot from you over, you know, when you started saying hi to me on Warp Tour, I was like, I fucking did it, guys. The That's guy funny. Also <laughs> did it, hey. he doesn't hate me. And he said I could come to the photo pit for her. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, it's yeah, cool. I was always intimidated by you. Like, oh my God, this guy, look at his good looks and oh. smooth head <laughs> and, <laughs> and professionalism. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, no, you know, and that's why I love that tour. You know, it brings, it brings people together that would never be together. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good old boy. You know, I like country music and playing <laughs> with dogs and building fence lines for deer and stuff. But I go out on warp tour and, you know, I'm friends with people that are completely different. I'm, fr- you know, it's, and that's what life's all about, man. Nobody wants everybody to oh, be yeah. the same. That'd be boring. Neil right? talks about that. So boring. He loves that tour. It's just a variety of people. I do. I'm glad that we're not all the same. And and I was just going to say earlier, I, I'm so thankful that you are the head of a security company, you know, like someone with your mentality leading these people and, and directing them from what I have seen personally is the correct way to do this, you know, and, Thank you. and I appreciate that. It's it makes me stoked knowing that this is how we're going to come back into touring, knowing that people like you are running companies that are going to keep people safe and make sure that everyone has a great time. And also be a fucking great person while doing that. So, you know, I, I'm just excited and I'm ready. I cannot tell you how willing I am. I'll go tour right now. (laughs) Let me out there. Well, thank Um, you, man. I'm, uh, I'm blushing a little bit. I I appreciate that. And, uh, and it's same like going with you guys, man. I got just, you know, seeing, a, the uh, day to remember come from a band that uh, I knew a guy that played drums with you guys once. One of our drivers, six sons, I think, you know, and all of a sudden being like, Holy shit, look at this. Yeah. Look at all these kids falling on my head at once. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's awesome. So at least they don't have shanks, right? Like, like you're saying. Exactly. You know? Yeah. You know, I mean, and like the, 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 the biker chain thing went out of style. Warp tour got yeah. pretty easy to tell you the truth. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. Like those are the, the, like the littlest things. It's like, that was a huge fad. It's like, can you imagine like getting someone's chain wallet, like stuck on oh. your arm as you're trying to pull them off a crowd? You can't put your problem. Problem. Or your crowd surf. You know what? Kids getting it wrapped around their heads. You got some big goon with that thing, and all of a sudden they're being choked out. Like, oh my god! That spikes on jackets. Oh my god! Oh. The conversations about that. And oh, this America, I can bring my jacket anywhere. I'm like, dude, it's it's dangerous, man. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> they're, like they're a- nails. You know, and that back then, in that crusty punk scene, they weren't spikes; they were nails. They were putting through the jackets. You know, so. Well, let's uh, finish this off. We have two, one last question. And uh, before we get there, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate this. Thanks for having me. You guys actually, you have broken my podcast, Sherry. I've never done anything like this before. I mean, I've talked, I've talked to Kevin Lyman's class a few times, but you know, that's talking to Kevin. (laughs) Yeah. We, we hope to kind of bring awareness and how important everything that you guys do and, and just how awesome it can be if everyone is just a little bit nicer. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot on you guys' shoulders. And really, kindness goes a long way, especially, like, when you're just trying to get where you're trying to go and everyone's trying to do their job. And we really, really hope that this podcast can kind of uh, just shine awareness on how far that stuff can go. Thank you, thank you again for coming on here. And the last question, well, there's two things that we need from you. One, you've been on the road a long time. Uh, do you use shower shoes when you're out on tour? No, you know, I'm a little bit of old school and, uh, what you gotta do is you gotta pee on your feet in the shower that gets rid of all kind of, uh, your, your foot fungus. We, we actually were talking to, yeah, we were talking to Mark Hoppus and Mark Hoppus was telling us that Madonna, she said that she did that. And then he looked it up and he said, 
it's not, I don't know. He said it doesn't kill anything in the, in the shower, but. Warms up the floor. Yeah. <laughs> At least. But you I can't, respect you that, can't though. do that. You can't do that when you're on a bus shower, though. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's a little rude. <laughs> yeah. It's like pee in the back. Line. What's going on? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah. Neil just took a shower. He's just <laughs> peed on the floor to make sure it was safe. Yeah. In the bunk area. I would do that. That's fine. Well, you know, Kenny had... Lee's is back there. You know, who knows what's happening? <laughs> you don't know, but you'll see it because that man does not move silently. This is a beast. Hello, I haven't seen him in a while. Um, so the answer is no. I'm, I'm not a shower shoe guy. Actually, I get I don't own flip flops. I own boots Same. and I own sneakers. And I get up in the morning when I'm at work, I put my boots on and I take them off to shower. I put them back on and I walk to the bus and I take them off. Hey, hey I'm an answer. I'm right there with you. I've never. Never worn shower shoes. I pride myself in the fact that I don't own flip flops. Uh, I'm probably like <laughs> one of 18 people from Florida that doesn't. But that's right. You're a Floridian. Yeah, I. That was never me, man. I'm from, I'm from Ocala. It's like farm what country. What about out mandals, there. like sandals? You ever get like those uh, hippie sandals? Nothing like that. I have these like I have like these slippers that I got from like Japan, and they're I think they're different because I'm like. Their culture is like you can wear like these house slippers, right? Or like these yeah. things like you take your shoes off. And so I'm like, it's not sandals. It's not the same thing. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't do the sandal thing. I don't do the flip flop thing. Like we're not ABR. We're not August Burns Red. They only wear flip flops. <laughs> but it's funny. Dude, they're crazy. They do like karate kicks and shit with flip flops on them. Like you got to have like serious toe strength to fucking keep those flip flops from flying off. That is funny. Do those kicks and shit, you know? That's not me, though. But the other thing that we need from you is uh, our guitar player, Kevin Scaff. He created... What'd you say? He's in Nashville now. Oh, yeah. Kevin's in Nashville. Kevin's living out east over over there near Mitchell's. Have you ever been to Mitchell's Mitchell's Deli? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's good stuff. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, That's one of the reasons why I moved to Tennessee is uh, for food. uh, Yeah. I just recently I, lost almost 160 pounds. Holy shit. Oh, Congratulations. Oh, yeah, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. I'm a little smaller than the last time you guys saw me. All my clothes are still like triple X's. Look at that. I like the fit, though. It looks cool. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, I think that's, you know. that's the style. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, when I first moved to Nashville, between, um, yeah, that place and your uh, hot chicken. Oh, yeah. And Patty barbecue. And holy crap, I gained so much. And then throw in, you know, you're just every place you go, there's a new whiskey. And, uh, man, I gained some weight. I am currently working on getting my weight off. You know, it's like not being on the road and not being photog- or photographed has really done a number for me. Because I'm like, oh, I can eat this. Uh, I'll have an extra piece of garlic bread. It's fine. We just opened like a biscuit restaurant. I mean, all these biscuits and shit. I'm like, oh, like we, yeah, we don't. Florida, yeah. Next time you're in town, you'll have to come visit. Uh, we have a vegan restaurant. So if you have any, any oh, people nice. that are searching nice. for vegan. My boss loves yeah. that vegan stuff. If you're searching for vegan stuff in Orlando, come visit us. We'll set you up. We, I've been just gaining weight. You know, that was the, one of the, the cool things about being on tour with the photographer is, you know, right away, you're like, damn, I look getting a little that's bit funny. here. You need, to, I need to go on the treadmill. That's funny because that's what got me to gain weight, man. I saw videos of when I first started with Billy, I was coming off five finger death punch and 
I was about a, you know, half a barrel of Jim Beam a night on that tour. And I was just, oh my God, I had, I had that horrible swollen. I couldn't move. I couldn't walk upstairs and all my friends were dying because they're old mm-hmm. security guys. Yeah, my, oh, my wife was mad at me. Whew, she was fired up like you because everybody was dying, right? She's like, yeah. you better get your shit together. And then She's I, like, I want to spend some started, time with you. Then I started working with a vegan. Boom. Shit just started disappearing. The day the Falls around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Things just and, uh, you know, I, I don't really drink that much anymore because she's underage. And yeah. it, like it was the perfect time. It came together and over the day, yeah, it took about two years, but. That's awesome. Well, congratulations, yeah, man. Congrats. Thank you. It's, uh, it's not an easy task, especially like with all this going on and oh. the stress and everything that we're dealing with, especially in your industry, keeping people safe during this time. I can imagine it'd be easy to just be like, oh, fuck it. I'm eating this yeah. shit. I I hate to make myself feel better in those situations. A little stress. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have some pancakes. And, and now like Uber Eats and all that stuff. Oh, shit. Man, you, you, you <laughs> get a couple Big Macs in 20 minutes. No problem. You don't have to leave your room. Kevin <laughs> <laughs> Scaff, take it away. 